I admit it, I'm getting old. But I grew up in the 60s and the 70s when music was different. It was a big part of my life. I grew up a musician. My father is a musician. My sister's a musician. My brothers are musicians. My whole family is musicians. I love music. Everybody loves music, but we learned it from a very young age. Started learning when I was six. Still read music today. I still like music today. I don't play much anymore. And I don't know. Not that I lost interest or anything. It's just, it's so. I was in a band for about, I don't know, eight years. Slippery Fish Band. And while it was the most wonderful creative time in my life, it was also the most stressful. Musicians are notorious for being, you know, a little, a little weird with each other sometimes. Anyway, I grew up with the music of the 60s and 70s. It was wonderful music. It still is my favorite. I love 70s on 7. My iPhone is full of 70s music. The protest music of the 60s was interesting and uplifting in many cases. I got to interview Barry Maguire once on the show. Eve of Destruction, Barry Maguire. That's great. And even if I didn't necessarily buy into the political aspects of it, it was hard to argue with the lyrical genius of the era. I mean, it really was. But that's not unusual in American history. In the 60s, much of the political change in this country was, I don't know about driven by music, but it was certainly uplifted by the music of that era. Many people will call the decade of the 80s the era of greed, and it's hard not to argue that the music of the 1980s sort of reflects that. World War II, music in the, Mer- in, in the United States was patriotic and uplifting, and if you've never heard it, you should, you should go check that out. Same with World War I. World War I had some great music to it. That that whole era coming out of the nineteen the the 1910s into the nineteen twenties, fantastic music. The Civil War, oh, the Civil War was full of music. If if the Civil War had never been fought, I don't know that many of the Protestant American churches would have half the music that they do. I, I grew up in the Salvation Army. Most of you knew this, and of course, the Salvation Army is very musical, and we would sing songs and play songs that were very, I don't know, they were great. Great tunes. And, of course, you know, four-part harmonies and stuff like that. And it was only later that I learned, because they didn't teach us this in the Salvation Army, but it was later that I learned that virtually all of our music came from the, from the American Civil War, the tunes did. We just reworked the lyrics so that they were more churchy, I guess. And of course, for an army, the Salvation Army, that was a huge deal. You know, I mean, we wanted to be militant and all that anyway, or sort of quasi-military, and off we went. The American Revolution had great American music. Yankee Doodle, my son, was talking to me last night about, hey, Dad, Remember when the British used to call us Yankee Doodle and they would sing that song at us to insult it and then insult us and then we sang it back to them at 
threw it back at him. Wasn't that great? My son said that to me last night. I think one of my favorite Revolutionary War era songs, though, is Sneaking Sally Through the Alley. And the reason it's one of my favorites is the original is, you know, very harpsichord-y, but it's one of the songs that George Washington, according to the contemporary accounts, really liked. It was a great dancing tune. And in the 1980s, Robert Palmer, one of my favorite performers, redid it. Sneaking Sally Through the Alley by Robert Palmer is actually a tune from the era of the American Revolutionary War. He kind of updated it, gave it a nice bass line. Boom, 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 It's fantastic. Love it. <laughs> he used to use it as a bumper all the time, and people would... Uh, People would kind of rock out. It's not one of the best, most popular songs of the 80s, but, well, the 1780s anyway. But it's a great tune, and Robert Palmer did a great job with it. But it's, it's intriguing to me that virtually nobody knows what that song is actually from. Today's music, I hate to sound like a grumpy old man, and I know if John were here, he would yell, Get off my lawn! But music today just... It doesn't work for me. Pop music, anyway. It's just, that's for sure. This is purely my opinion. You can take it for what it's worth. You don't have to believe me. Take it as somebody who grew up in the musical world, who grew up in the 60s and 70s, and, you know, I have some musical experience. I, I've performed opera. I have performed in classical symphonies. I have performed in marching bands and pep bands and and rock bands and you know I, I i have a broad musical experience so maybe my opinion means something maybe it doesn't if it doesn't it's it's just my opinion musicians today are rare the the fantastic thing about the 60s and 70s particularly when it came to pop music rock music musicians played their instruments they <laughs> that was the funny thing about the monkeys remember the monkeys the monkeys were the american answer to the beatles on television when they first started, I, I think only one of them had any musical training at all. And by the time they were done, they had learned to play their music. Musician, they had learned to play their instruments because they understood that you can't perform in that era. You could not perform to a to a track. You can't lip sync something. You got to be able. You got to be able to pull it. And they learned to do it. And for the, for what it's worth, I the the monkeys to me because they did that are more enjoyable. The Beatles were better, not as good as the Rolling Stones, obviously, but, you know, you get the idea. That's the first thing. The second thing is the lyrics. In the 60s and 70s, particularly, lyrics had meaning. They had depth. They had an ability to communicate an idea and an image that was at times uplifting and at times angering. They could get you focused on the problem. And they would do it in a very lyrical, poetic way. Lyrics today tend to focus on the orient, not the meaningful. I mean, you don't have to. What's the big, the, the big talk conversation in the country today that isn't, you know, the Democrat National Convention or whatever? Uh, Cardi B and her song, and I use the t- I use the term loosely uh, that she's, you know, what is it, eleven million views so far of that 
whatever the hell that is. Crossover genres have become the king. Uh, I have... I've really gotten away from pop music because there isn't any anymore. It's just, it's either bubblegum pop or it's, I, I don't even know how to describe it. So I kind of went towards country, um, thinking to myself, it was more familiar to me, more, more of a comforting genre of music to me, but even that's become crossover now. And I, and I, I've told you before, I don't like the, I don't like the old twangy forties and fifties country. I don't like the, I'm sorry. Not a Hank Williams guy, not a Conway Twitty guy. Never have been. My dad is. I'm not. Just can't stand that. My dog got run over by a truck. Twang, twang. That stuff does not work for me. I like the modern country. I like the Garth Brooks. I like, you know, that stuff. And But even that's becoming crossover. And the reason for that is because the focus of musicians is not on change in the sense of society, in the sense of people in the sense of hearts it's on change in the sense of you know (laughs) what's going in my pocket and they know that a lot of those musicians that wrote a lot of those songs back in the 60s and 70s and that protest music and the likes that didn't make any money on any of that stuff they weren't doing it because they were you know a few of them did most of them are one-hit wonders i don't know why i'm surprised by any of this I, i i really don't the Democrat National Convention last night, which I did not watch, but, you know, I did see this. I did see this because it was hard not to. And that is the the musical number that closed the night last night. Saw the nomination of Joe Biden to be president of the United States. And apparently Joe Biden to be first lady. I didn't realize you nominated for somebody for that. And and also saw the nomination of Bernie Sanders. (laughs) At any rate, they closed the night with a musical number, which on paper really sounded great. So you get a modern-day singer. You get uh, the guy, what's his name? Styles? I've forgotten his name now. From Buffalo Springfield. And we'll do Buffalo Springfield's biggest biggest hit with, with, with on stage because, you know, it has lyrics that we like. There's a man with a gun over there telling me I got to beware. On paper was a great idea. In execution, well, it, let's just say it lost something in translation. Um, the whole, see, the thing about the, the video generation is, it's like MTV. What is it? Lewis Black used to say about music goes in your ear and you visualize things. MTV is a video, it goes in your eyes and you can't, imagine anything else and that's kind of what ends up happening with what they did last night is the the video portion of it is so over the top distracting that you kind of lose focus on the performance which I, I did watch it I did listen to it without the video and it actually was not a bad performance it actually was a pretty good pretty good song but that video is just like holy crap who in the world thought that this was a good idea? Anyway, it's uh, it struck me as odd that the Democrats had to reach back to the 1960s to get music for their convention because the Democrats spent most of the 1960s fighting for segregation. Remember that? Oh, but it's okay because the parties have switched places now, right? The parties, the parties have switched places, so you don't need to think about the fact that the Democrats, who are now 
Black Lives Matter heavy, you don't need to think about the fact that in the 1960s, they were anything but. That's why it's okay to get Buffalo Springfield and some new guy up there to sing to sing their song for them because by reaching back into that well you know that'll get it done right Steven Stills, Stills I don't know where I get Styles Styles from Star Trek Stills Steven Stills from Buffalo Springfield and the Billy Porter and, and you know I went and looked at the Billy Porter's musical library and as I suspected it would be it was pretty much the the stuff of today doesn't surprise me. That's why they had to reach back to the 1960s to get a song that had any meaning to it, that had any depth to it, that had anything in it that wasn't current. And they want you to forget what was really going on back when those kinds of songs were being written and played and popular. Because remember, the parties have switched places now. (laughs) For whatever that's worth. (laughs) 